Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the Retirement Specialists. Welcome to the clinic. As you just heard, the, the doors are open, as I always say, here on News Talk 1130 WISN Milwaukee and, of course, WIBA in Madison, hosted by Jeff Kowal of the Kowal Investment Group. Jeff, good morning and happy Easter. <laughs> good morning. Happy Easter to you, too. It's good to have and you. And to our listeners, of course. Absolutely. And to our guest, we'd like to welcome back, joining us on the phone. Of course, Jeff is remotely, as you can tell, in his little home studio, office studio, whatever you'd like to call it. We've got a nice signal. And joining us is Carol Richson. We'd like to welcome back retired, uh, uh, what's the title now, Carol? I just screwed it up. Retired public affairs. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we got it. We got it down. You know, let's just say this. Social security questions are going to be welcome today. Carol has been on the show for many, many years. And I will just off the top of the bat here. Let's give out the number because I know we're going to get questions. The Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line is 414-799-1130. Lines are open. 799-1130. We do prefer the phone calls, but if you don't have time, you want to shoot us a text, I can pass those along as well. Jeff, let's talk about the plans for the rest of the retirement clinic. Sure. Well, I wanted to start with, uh, Carol's a dear friend and she's been nice enough to come on the show time and time again, gives great help to our clients as well. I want to just start with some things regarding the markets this week, because that's on a lot of people's minds as well. Um, The Dow was had one of its strongest weeks, uh, biggest one week rallies in 45 years. Uh, We ended the week at 23,719 on the Dow and on 2789, on the S&P 500. So those are a couple of big jumps. Um, you know, the, the CARES Act was, was passed, and Carol's going to talk a little bit about that and uh, how Social Security is affected by the uh, government passing the CARES Act. But small businesses have been included in that stimulus package, and they're able to apply for the SBA 7A loan for assistance to keep their businesses running. This is, I thought, an interesting uh uh, historical fact. History shows that when the S&P 500 falls at least 10% in the first quarter of the year, the market rallies 83% of the time. So I mean 17% of the time it doesn't, but 83% of the time stocks are up 40% for the remainder of the year. Um, so that's a good sign, I think, uh, if you're worried about your 401k and your retirement plans, and especially if you haven't put a recovery plan together, um, now's the time to do it. Patriotism is back. Companies across the U.S. are doing their part to help uh, making sanitizer, masks, and the necessities. So we're all in this together. Now, let me bring in Carol. How are you doing, Carol? I'm good. And yourself? I'm great. <laughs> so let's start with, with what's going on at Social Security. I'm are sorry. For I'm having a little trouble hearing you. You said what's going on with Social Security? Yeah, I opened for business. Okay. Um, well, they are. The only thing is the offices are closed. So before you make a trip down to a Social Security office, I just want everybody to know that they're closed. They're doing business by phone, you know, still taking claims, still processing claims. Um, it's kind of business as usual. It's just a little different as as we know it. Things can be a little bit slower because sometimes, you know, and they're saying this with the kids and everything, 
with so many people on the Internet, it's slowing things down. So sometimes if things are a little bit slower, don't be upset about that. It's just kind of the way things are going right now. Um, but again, you know, it's still business as usual. Checks are still going out. <clears throat> I'm on a social security, a couple of um, Facebook social security pages, and the question always comes up, will I get my check? The checks are still going out, so you don't have to worry about that. You know, you're you're still going to get your checks. Um, and, you know, I always harp on the scams and Especially with the coronavirus and the stimulus and everything else, there's the scammers out there, and they're going to. Uh, I saw something where somebody got something in the mail, and they wanted them to fill out information. You don't need to do any of that. So just kind of beware of everything. Uh, you know, the, the the people that are out there that are going to try to rip you off. And Jeff, we we put you on another line. So welcome back, Jeff. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Does this sound better? Or okay. Yeah. Um, much better. Okay, good. Um, so you said you got to watch out for scammers, I guess, in all types of businesses. But what what have you seen or what are they warning against? What types of things should people be looking out for? Uh, calling you. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to help you get your stimulus check. So provide me this information. And we all know they're always looking for your Social Security number and they're looking for your bank account number. So don't give out anything over the phone. You know, no one, IRS isn't going to call you on the phone and ask you for that. Social Security is never going to call you and ask you for that information. The only time they would ask you that is if I call, leave a message, and ask somebody to call me back, and then they need my social to look up my record. But that's a call that I initiated. So <clears throat> if it's something that you're, you know, you're just getting these random phone calls or if you're getting something in the mail that says fill this out, and again, they're going to want the social, they want the bank account numbers so that they can get into your personal business, you know, just throw that stuff away. It, uh, <laughs> you just don't even need to pay attention to it. There is a, you know, there is a real big push on scams right now. There's a section on the website that you can go in, and if you've gotten something where someone has tried to scam you, you can fill out a form and just kind of send it directly to the Office of the Inspector General. So that is on the Social Security website, which is www.socialsecurity.gov. Always, always be sure you're at the .gov page. Um, I was looking on the the website this morning, and I was kind of surprised because when I <laughs> logged on to Google, it was not the first thing that came up. There's a lot of other people that are putting Social Security pages out there, and some of them are ads, and some of them are attorneys looking for disability business and things like that. So be sure you're at the .gov site. Now, you've that's, said that we should always start accounts. Anyway, open up accounts online so that we can check our benefits and make sure everything's yes. in order, too. So you go to that spot, www.socialsecurity.gov, G-O-V. Right. Sure and and we do encourage people to open up those online accounts because, you know, you get your statements now every five years instead of, or I should say on the fives, you know, so 2020, you'll get one this year. 2025 will be the next one. Well, this way you can go in and you can check your wages. There's a retirement estimator on there. That's kind of your, uh, you know, where you go, you sign up for a My Social Security account, and then from there you can file for your benefits online. And honestly, if there's nothing complicated about your situation, filing a claim online is simple. It takes about 15 minutes most, 
And it's going to ask you questions you mainly know off the top of your head, you know, name, date of birth, social, address, um, spouses' names. If you have minor children, it's going to ask for their names, where you worked. So a lot of it is going to be, I always say the hardest question they're going to ask is the date of your your marriage. (laughs) For some people. (laughs) Wait a minute. You should. For some people. That should be like your birthday, right? You know, my husband has never missed when somebody says, how long have you been married? He's never missed it. He knows our anniversary. And about a month ago, somebody said, how long have you been married? And he said, 17 years. And I'm like, what? It's going to be 25 next year. So, (laughs) yeah, but you're you're right. He was just a little bit off. Yeah, just a little bit. Well, and he he said, as soon as he said it, he knew it was wrong. And I I just looked at him like, wow, you've never missed that. But, you know, I kind of joke that that's the hardest question that you're going to be asked on that application for retirement. And they they process them so quickly. And then if you, you know, if there's a question on it, they will call you. And you will, you know, you'll you'll get information. You'll get a letter telling you when your check is going to go out. So it's really a simple, streamlined process. I've always thought that the Social Security Administration is one of the best-run outfits, mainly because of you, Carol, but... Also, the other people that are there. But I was You know, they're a hardworking bunch. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, and they care about the people that they're working with as well. They do. Um, they do. Uh, but one of my clients this week applied for Social Security. He said that, okay, I expected the check to come June 1st. And the person on the other end at Social Security, even though she, she was working remotely, said, oh, no, you'll get your check by May 1st. So they're running pretty well, even even through all this. Right. And, and, you know, and I think, too, just the, <clears throat> excuse me, the fact that, uh, you know, everything is so streamlined and they've got laptops and they can, you know, even working from home, you can still take a claim. Hey, Carol, I want to mention something to you and Jeff, just because you're both remotely and I'm in studio. Um, we're Right now, just with the signal and Jeff on the phone, we're taking texts and we're getting a bunch of questions. Uh, we're going to do that after the break. We'll tackle those questions. But I want to tell you right now, the Academic Mortgage text line is open. If you prefer to text in, that might be the best way to do it for, for the show. It's 799-1130. And Jeff, with Carol here, we can take Social Security questions. And also, I see we're getting some retirement questions. You're okay with that as well, right? Absolutely, yes. Yep. And I know, Carol, you wanted to talk about the CARES Act. Um, I know we got a break here in about two minutes. The, but just tell us what that means. It's an acronym. There's so many acronyms in, in the industry. What does CARES stand for? The well, it has to do with the uh, with the stimulus payments for the you know the the COVID nineteen yeah, virus act. And, you know, um, I, I actually I guess, have the name for it. It's the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. That's it. it. That's the acronym. Yep. Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act. $2.2 trillion. But go ahead, Carol. I was just going to say I, I did get a press release late yesterday, and there's some good information on there, but I, I know I've only got two minutes right now, so it's, I don't have enough time to go into it. But before the show's over, we can talk about this. I know people have a lot of questions about how do I get that stimulus check and what do I have to do, and there's been lots of information, you know, that you have to file a tax return, and if you haven't, you have to fill this out, and 
Um, so there's some clarification on here that I think is really good and will help people uh, maybe lose some of the anxiety about that because, I, you know, I think sometimes when you don't really know, and I think for a while they weren't real sure how this is all going to yep. work, so it, it's a little more streamlined now. I think that's a perfect plan, Carol. Like you said, we do have a break coming up. We'll talk about it after the break. Jeff, we've got a sexy segment today as well, correct? Absolutely. With Carol here, of course. <laughs> I was going to say, I won't be on the show if there isn't. <laughs> Your favorite part of the program. It is. Uh, mine too. I love it. And also, uh, in addition, um, we have the boss segment coming up with Aaron Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group. Just a little background. Jeff, congrats. I told you this last week. We announced it that you made the Barron's Top Financial Advisor list in 20. 20- 20 that was just announced but you also were part of that in 2014 15 16 17 18 and 19 so um that speaks I felt, yeah always felt that if we did what was best for our clients that we would get the recognition it's nice to get that Jeff is also on the Forbes, the list of best in state wealth advisors, part of the Milwaukee Biz Times Future 50, Financial Times Top 400 advisors. And Jeff, real quickly, with obviously things closed down, are you meeting with your clients like everybody else, the virtual meetings or phones? or? Absolutely. I think I had 35 meetings this last week. We're doing it via Zoom or phone. And another 39 coming up next week. We are very busy. We're taking care of our clients, meeting with them, doing reviews. Um, it's the most important thing that we do is make sure that we keep in touch with our clients and help them plan for that successful retirement. Now, the website, thekowalway.com, K-O-W-A-L, thekowalway.com, or call them. Call the Kowal Investment Group. It's 262-522-4040. 262-522-4040. Carol Ritson is here. Social security questions, retirement questions are welcome. Um, text us those on the Accident Mortgage text line 799-1130. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Clinic on WISN. I'm Aaron Kowal with the Boss Minute, business owner savings and security. It's about owning your retirement, not just your business. The forgivable loan provisions from the Payroll Protection Program, the PPP, may not be as forgivable as it had originally been thought. As part of the CARES Act that had been passed, the massive coronavirus stimulus package, there is the PPP, which allows the SBA to dole out about $350 billion in loans that may be forgiven if used in certain ways. However, there is new guidance from the Treasury Department. The forgivable part of the loan may be a challenge for certain businesses that have high rent and lower wages. The loans are so that businesses keep their employees, so the company has to keep employees to get the loan to be turned into a grant. However, under the new guidance, 75% of the loan has to be used on payroll directly and not on other business expenses like rent. The problem is that the calculation to get the loan includes rent, debt service, and other costs, but the forgivability of the loan hinges on 75% of the loan being used on payroll. This creates a problem for companies with high rent, low wages, or few employees. While the PPP is a great program for many businesses, it may not be the best option for all. There are other programs and tax credits available through the CARES Act. Give our office a call, and we can help you provide guidance on the direction to look during this difficult time. That is Aaron Kowal with today's Boss Minute. That's for business owners, their savings, and their security. By way of background, Jeff Kowal, we do this every week. Just a gentle reminder for business owners, you need a retirement plan like everybody else. Well, that's, there's two parts. That. One, you need a retirement plan. That's taking a back seat to the CARES Act where 
uh, you know, you want to make sure you stay in business. And we're seeing a lot of companies that are suffering quite a bit. And when Aaron says the the loans that are available, $350 billion, they're trying to get another $250 billion, which is on hold right now. But um, you can apply for loans um, through Small Business Administration for rent, for payroll, for things like that. So you, you, you have to make sure that once you're back up and running, that you do pay attention to, to having retirement planning as part of your business plan. But now make sure that you stay in business and get some relief from the federal government uh, with the CARES Act if you can. And we've got Carol Richson joining us on the show today. So your social security questions are welcome. And we're going to jump to the texts right now. The Accident Mortgage text line is the best way to send in your questions at 799-1130. The first text is for you, Jeff. And I'll just verbatim from the 414 area code. Hello. My dad is 90 years old and has the option to not take the RMD for now. Jeff, are there benefits of not taking it if you don't need to? Thank you. Great question, 414. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't, I don't have a name. 90 year old. <laughs> yep. Uh, the, the great, the, that's, that is a really good question, whether you're um, 70 or 90. The idea is that uh, the valuations at the end of last year were very high. We had a great year in the markets. So the RMD, consequently, was based on a higher amount. With the market uh, collapsing uh, earlier and starting to recover a little bit now, that was a great move for Congress with the CARES Act to say, don't take your RMD if you don't have to. Uh, and if, if your 90-year-old dad doesn't need the income, don't take it. Leave that in the account. Let it grow a little bit more. Next year, they'll recalculate the required minimum distribution. They'll have to take it next year at 91 but I think the best thing that you, if you don't need to take it, let it let it stay in the IRA and let it accumulate for another year. And, and uh, as the market recovers, so will that IRA. Are you getting Jeff? This is just out of left field here, but w- with the markets, and I mean, like you said last week, wow. Uh, you know, I was one of the guys calling you, Jeff, and asking you questions about what do I do? What do I do? 401ks dropping like a rock and this pandemic. And and you said, don't panic. This is the worst time to get out. And all of a sudden yeah. you see some days where it jumps up 800 points, 1,000 points. Volatile, yes. But now we're seeing some, I don't know if we're on the other side of that 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 curve yet, if it's flattened. But, Jeff, it seems well, like people are, are relaxing a little bit with this. Well, I think you're going to see some volatility yet, especially as the number of coronavirus cases continue to go up. Once they start to go down, I think you'll you'll see some of the volatility go down. Uh, Nonetheless, if you have money in a 401k, keep it in there. Maybe add to, to your stock portion right now. The other part of it is, with the markets down as much as 34% on the S&P 500 a while ago and 40, almost 40% on the Dow, um, you were buying it on sale. If you were making contributions to your 401k all the while, you were buying it on sale, and that, that was a great move. So if you can increase your contributions, do that. Uh, but, yeah, stay in. Stay the course. And yeah, Like I said, we're at about 23700 on the Dow now. That's an index that a lot of people look at. Uh, the high was around 29000 so 6,000 points higher. I'd stay in. I'd say, uh, you know, everybody's different. Your risk tolerance is different. But uh, I'd say stay the course. 
Um, also, we are, because of the, you know, your two phone lines, it's hard to put other callers on. Jeff in Greenfield is calling in with a question, and Spencer is relating those to me. So he wants to know, with okay. his IRA, if it's better to take out when low. That's his question. Better to take out. Well, if you have to take money out of your IRA now, and again, I don't know the, the full context of the question, but if you have to take money out of your IRA now, I would take it from the fixed portion. So as an example, if your allocation is 60% stocks, 40% in fixed, and you had to take out $20,000, I would take that $20,000 out of the fixed portion. So if you need the money for a down payment on a house because interest rates are great now or other things, and you work with redefined realty, of course, that you take, you know, you want to take money out and you want to put it as down payment on a house, or you know, if, if you need a larger amount of money, take it from the fixed portion, take it from the bonds and from the cash. Don't take it from the stocks at this point. Got it. That was from Jeff, and he's on hold listening, so he appreciates the answer. Carol, let's get Carol Richson back into the show here. We've got a lot to talk about. Did you want to expand on the CARES Act, Carol, and how it pertains to us, what it means? I did. Like I said, I got a press release last night, and I thought, you know, with all the confusion, maybe just throw a few things out there so that people can know what to expect. Um, The main thing I want to mention is that the checks are being issued by the Treasury, by IRS. So it's not something that's issued by Social Security. So please don't call the Social Security office and ask them about your stimulus checks because they're not. That's a great point. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, they just kind of, you know, assume when there's a stimulus payment that's going to come from Social Security, and that's not the case. Again, it's a Treasury thing. It's an IRS program. Um, You know, I'm not a spokesperson for them and never was, but I just wanted to let people know that. So please don't call the Social Security office. And actually, when I looked on IRS's website, they're asking, too, that people don't call because you know, people just randomly call, when is my check coming out? Am I going to get a check? You know, there's all these uh, questions, and it kind of takes away from getting other work done. Some of this is you just need to let the process work its way through. If you don't hear something in a couple of weeks, then you could call, but, you know, give them time to get it, at least get it going. Yep. Um, there is a press- your banking information. You're saying if they have your banking information and you filed your Correct. tax returns, you will get the stimulus check. And even if even if you didn't file a tax return, um, they will look at the direct deposit information that's on your okay. social security record. So if you're getting if you're getting a check from social security, it's going direct deposit. You're taken care of. There's nothing you have to do. Um, and if you filed a tax return in 2018 or 2019, you're taken care of. So it isn't, you know, initially they were saying everybody that didn't file the return had to go and file this piece of paper. And that's been streamlined a little bit. That's not necessarily the case. There is, and I just want to mention this because there's a website, but there is a press release on socialsecurity.gov. It's on the main page. If you kind of scroll down to the bottom, it's on the left-hand side, and it talks about this. So, you know, I know we have limited time. If you want to look at it at your leisure, digest it a little bit more. It's a great, uh, it's a great press release. It's got some real good information on there. And it's also got a website that you may need. And if you need that website, it's really a long website. So I told Paul I'm not even going to mention it. You can just look <laughs> at it. 
it's also on the IRS's you know, you know, it's www.irs.gov backslash coronavirus backslash economics dash impact dash payments. So it's really a long one. You can just look it up online and, and get that. And some people will need it. Some people won't. If you are just retired, you know, if you're just a retired individual, you're getting your checks every month, you'll automatically get that stimulus payment. You don't have to do anything. So, it, you know, it's it's they've made it simple. Um, if you've got minor children, so if you retired and, you know, a lot of people are having kids older these days or waiting till they're older to have kids. And so if you had kids later in life and you are now retired and have, you know, a 12 and a 14-year-old kid, you need to go to that website and enter information about your children. And that will uh, kick out that $500 payment for the dependent child. If you don't do that, eventually you will get that $500, but it'll make it go a lot smoother if you put the information in there. Is that up to page 18 or up to page 26? I'm sorry? Is that up to page 18 or up to page 26? It's up to age 18 or 19. And this is this too. I want to mention this is only for people that are receiving Social Security benefits. So, you know, if you've got a child that's uh, a minor child and you're not receiving any Social Security, this has nothing to do with it. This is only for people that have minor children receiving Social Security benefits as a result of mom and dad being on disability or survivor benefits or retirement. Does that make sense? Yep. Yes, it does. Um, So that, if they go to the the website that I mentioned, and again, it's on the Social Security, um, you know, homepage, if they go to that website, they're going to ask you to fill in some information, child's name, Social Security number, they're going to ask for a bank account number, that's okay to fill out, you know, don't worry about that being a scam or somebody getting your information. Uh, If you don't want to do it, that's fine, you'll get the check eventually, but it'll take a little bit longer. So for any dependent children that are receiving Social Security benefits based on mom or dad's records. Or they can listen to the podcast of this and they'll have the uh, website on there where they can go for that information. I I know I rattled it off kind of quick. That's okay. They can listen to the podcast. (laughs) That's all right. If, you know, if you don't have any children, so in my case, you know, I don't have any minor children at home. I don't have any minor children getting Social Security benefits on my record. I don't have to do anything. Um, for people that just retired this year, so if, you, if January you started receiving your benefits or February, March, you would also have to fill out that information in order to get the check um, and to get that check a little bit quicker. So... It's you know it's a little bit different for people that are just now receiving benefits. For most people, okay, it's we, not going to be a a big deal. Let's switch gears a little bit if we can and talk about the uh, retirement and uh, and social okay. security. And let's let me ask you one question about you know if you have this comes up repeatedly in my practice, where one spouse is 67 still working at full retirement age, the other spouse is 62. Is that a good time for the other spouse to start taking Social Security at age 62? I think it is. You know, that's one. Prove me wrong. I, I know. I know you're all about filing at a younger age, and and you know that's great. Everybody has their own opinion on yeah. when they want to get benefits. One of the biggest things I used to hear all the time is, "I'm getting my money before it's gone." Well, 
that's you know, I always tell people take your benefits whenever you want to, but make sure that you're making an educated decision yeah. on when to take your benefits. Agreed. Make sure you realize that if you take those benefits at 62, it's going to be a reduced benefit, and it's a permanent reduction. It isn't as if when you hit 66 or 67, that benefit is going to go up because I, you know, I'd have people come back later and they're really angry and, you know, they'd say things like, nobody told me this. And they do tell you that when you file a claim, they give you your options on, you know, what the, or they give you the different benefit amounts on what you're going to get at various ages. You can also get that on your My Social Security account. So in a case like that, I mean, if if you uh, want to file, you know, if the wife wants to, we'll just say husband and wife, if the wife is 62 and wants to file for her benefits, you've got some income coming in. And depending on what that benefit amount is, if the husband later applies for benefits, we always take a look at the record and make sure that that person may be entitled to some additional benefits off their spouse's record. So the most you can get off a spouse's record is half. But if you take, you know, if I would take my benefits at 62, there's a permanent reduction, and it also reduces what I can get as a spouse's benefit. So, you know, another thing just to mention is that if I take it at 62 and now my husband's 67 and he retires, I'm not going to get a full half because I took my own reduced but you could certainly do that to have some income coming in. And if you don't, you know, I tell people, too, if you don't need the money, invest it. Save it. Well, what about you know, half? What if, half, what if uh, half of the spouse's benefit is more than what you're getting? If you're half still, of it is more than what you're getting, then you would get an additional amount. But if just for ease, um, you know, if, if uh, my benefit is $1,200 and my husband's is $2,000, my 1200 is more than half, so I'm not going to get anything. Right. You know, they don't see as many spouses' benefits just because so many more women are working than, say, in our parents' day. You know, back then, yes. historically, women stayed home. They took care of their kids, maybe had some part-time jobs or went back to work after, you know, the kids were in school. And now it's a little bit different. You know, so many women are out there, and, and women are making good money. You know, it's not like we're relying on our our husbands to uh, get that benefit. And and I do want to throw in there, too, because I've run into some people where maybe the woman is the higher wage earner. So this goes both ways. You know, it's gender neutral where you, um, you know, Jeff, if your wife made more than you, you could get a benefit off of her record if, you know, if her, uh, if her benef- benefit amount was high enough that, um, you know, your half would be less, or what you got on your record would be less than half of hers. So it it can go either way. And those are all things that the the Social Security reps look at when you're filing a claim. One of the main reasons we ask for the spouse's Social Security number is so that we can check those records and make sure that if you are entitled to some additional benefits, that you get those benefits. That has changed, and that really wasn't that the premise originally of getting the Spouses, spouses because, yes, because they weren't yes. working before, so they were. So I mean, not working outside the home. I have to be careful that working right. outside right. the home that'll get you in trouble. 
<laughs> I'm smart enough to know that. Hey, Jeff and Carol, I, I just want to jump in quickly because we got some uh, questions coming in that I will, some texts and some callers that we'll get to. We also have the sexy segment right around the corner as well. But Jeff, you, you started the show and I just want to circle back to that, that there are some positives coming out of this. You talked about small businesses that were included in the stimulus package. They can apply for what's called, I believe, the SBA 7A loan. Is that correct? Correct. That is correct. To, to keep their businesses running. You know, we hear this uh, support local and pick up curbside, um, take out food, and we've been doing that ourselves, uh, trying our best. History shows, Jeff, and this is what I really Thank caught you. my attention um, at the beginning of the show. History shows that when the S&P 500 falls at least 10% in the first quarter of the year, the market rallies 83% of the time and stocks are up 40% for the remainder of the year. So that means when this is over, and we still probably have a long way to go, nobody knows what it is, but when it is over, history indicates we could be taking off on, on quite a rally. Well, we already have seen that, like you mentioned also, that this week was the biggest weekend since 1975. So we're starting to see it already from the low point, but I think that this market still has legs. And I think on average since World War II, it takes 23 months to recover after we have a drop of 20% or more. 23 months. So that means in two years, we should be back. Some analysts are saying uh, next March, by next March, we'll be back to the 29,500. That's going to be a blink of an eye. For a lot of us with with kids and grandkids, you, you think, where did that time go? It goes yeah. by so fast. That time, that recovery period is, so don't panic. Just stay the course if you can. Make some adjustments. And that's what we're talking about with our clients with regard to uh, uh, recovery of your retirement plan. You have a plan in place. For the market recovery. And Jeff, I don't know if you can take this real quickly. This is transcribed. A caller just called in John and Hale's Corners. I'm not taking my RMD this year. Does this apply to inherited IRAs? Does that make sense? It does, that's a great question. And it does apply, apply, as far as we can tell, to all RMDs, all required minimum distribution, whether it's an inherited IRA, beneficiary IRA, traditional IRA, it applies to all those regarding required minimum distributions. Great, great question. Uh, thank you to John and Hale's Corners. And remember, if you've got social security questions, you can now text us or call us, and we'll get that question answered with Carol Richson joining us on a program. It's the Retirement Clinic with Jeff Kowal, your host, The Kowal Way is the website. Now on there, you can see links to all the social media, Twitter, Facebook, all of that is on the com. When we come back, the sexy segment as we continue the retirement clinic, WIBA Madison and WISN Milwaukee. Stick around. All right, it is time with that music for the sexy segment. <laughs> Welcome back. As you can hear, Jeff Kowal joining us on the phone today. Carol Richson uh, here for Social Security Questions updated us on what the CARES Act is all about. And in this segment, Jeff, I'm going to turn it over to you and Carol. By way of background, what is the sexy segment for? That's great, Paul. And and I'm going to give a little bit on the uh, coronavirus also, and then I'm going to shoot it to Carol with some horror stories from uh, or specific cases of things that are going on that you know, she wants you to avoid. Um, 
But this show is for everybody. This particular segment is for those with a million dollars or more. We've been doing it for the last 15 years. A million dollars isn't what it used to be, but it still is a million dollars. And a lot of times people say, well, I don't have that. But if you have a $500,000 home, if you still have $500,000 in your retirement plan, you're at a million dollars. And people with a million dollars um, tend to have uh, different issues. Now it's, it, you know, with, with our clients, it's, it's preserving it, growing it, taking income from it, and passing it on to your heirs. So with that in mind, just a couple things. One of the questions was uh, on the uh, required minimum distributions this year, and they are waived for both uh, inherited IRAs, traditional IRAs, um, and if there are some ways that if you took the withdrawals less than 60 days ago to satisfy your RMD, your 2020 RMD, you may be able to redeposit that money. Um, so, again, if you have a million-dollar IRA and you had to take out a $45,000 required minimum distribution, you said, okay, I'll get it out of the way, there may be a way to put it back into your account. So be aware of that. You could take loans from your retirement plan. Money can be borrowed from your retirement plan. Um, up to $100,000. It used to be $50,000. Now it's $100,000. And this applies does not apply to IRAs, since loans from IRAs are prohibited. But from your 401ks, that limit is raised from $50,000 to $100,000. So that's my portion of it. Uh, Carol, you have any uh, instances of things that you say to avoid or anything that you've seen recently? Boy, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, and, and nothing's hitting me. We'll just make something um, up. <laughs> just kidding. Well, where where is there the biggest discrepancy? Where do you see that people are saying, "Gee, should we take should we take an hour? Should we wait?" Who is is it? Is it one spouse or the other that wants the retirement benefits early, wants the Social Security as soon as possible? Where are you seeing that, or where had you seen that from people who are coming into your office? Well, I, I do want to throw one other thing in there. When we talked about before, you know, if the wife is 62 and not working, should she take her benefit and the husband is still working? And, and, the, and again, this goes for husband or wife, but you always want to factor in if you have minor children in the family, because if you do have children under age 18 or 19, if they're in high school full time, they can receive a benefit. So if mom decides she wants to start getting her benefits, and there's two kids in the family, they would also be paid benefits. And then at the point that dad retires, if they're still minors, they will recalculate that benefit. So a lot of times, you know, people think the government is always out to rip them off and not give them anything. And that just really isn't the case. You know, I think we bend over backwards to make sure that people get everything that they're entitled to. Yeah. So, again, if you've got minor children and they're getting a benefit on mom or dad's record that took it early, if the other parent retires, they'll recalculate that benefit and see if they're entitled to more money. Um, Cheryl, can I the ask other you thing about, too, uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry? The other I was thing just going to say the other thing is if uh, um, a lot of times if a, a spouse takes it early, Maybe the husband's going to want to work longer. You know, some people just really like their jobs. Um, Jeff, you're probably a good example of that. You know, you'll probably yeah. work forever. And, um, and you know, I'm always doing some kind of work because I like to work too. But uh, what it does is it helps if there's a widow's benefit down the road. It helps. That's what I was going to ask higher, about. Yeah. And, and th- Let's that's talk about that because that's from 60 to 62 or at 60, isn't it? Let's talk about that for a right. second. 
you can get a widow's benefit as early as age 60, and and widows or widowers. And the option you have is if your widow or widower's benefit is smaller, you could take that one first, save your own benefit until full retirement age, and flip over at that time. If the widow or widower's benefit is higher, you could take your own as early as 62, because you do have to be 62 to take your own benefit. But then again, you could flip over at the later date, you know, at 66, 67, whatever your full retirement age is. And and for people, too, that are working and decide to work until age 70, anything over full retirement age, you get an 8% increase. They call that delayed retirement credits or DRCs. You get an 8% increase a year. So if your full retirement age is 66, you keep working until 70, you're going to get 32% more on your check. Hey, I mean, that's, Jeff, that's a big chunk Jeff, you were going to add something, and we got 10 seconds literally till our break. What were you going to say, Jeff? That's exactly it. I was going to say that a lot of widows or a lot of sometimes a spouse passes away and you don't realize because we hear age 62. We hear full retirement age is 67. We hear age 70 maximum benefit, but you don't hear as much about the 60 benefit. And then Carol actually nailed it. That's exactly what I was going to mention. Perfect, sexy segment for today's show and a lot more coming up here in the program, but we do have to sneak in our final break. It is the Retirement Clinic, thekowalway.com for Jeff Kowal and the Kowal Investment Group. We'll be right back on WISN and also WIBA. Back on WISN, the Retirement Clinic, the final minute of the show. Jeff, before we run out of time, happy Easter to you and your family. Thanks, and happy Easter to you, to Spencer, to Carol, to all our listeners. Uh, we love you. We appreciate that that you're in our lives. Um, Koala Investment Group, Carol, again, thank you very much for coming on today. You're a dear friend, and we appreciate it. And, and our listeners always love that. Um, if you're looking to rebuild your retirement, give our office a call, 2625-224040. Uh, we're on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. If you have $750,000 or more or close to or already in retirement, uh, you took a hit in the market, it's time to rebuild your retirement, go online at the Kowal Way, K-O-W-A-L, thekowalway.com. Um, schedule an appointment with us, with one of our great advisors, and listen Monday through Friday to the business reports at 3 o'clock and 5 o'clock news blocks on WISM and 4.55 on WIBA in Madison. And on behalf of Carol Ritson and Jeff Kowal, I'm Paul Cronforst on WISN and WIBA. Thank you for tuning into the Retirement Clinic. Have a very happy and blessed Easter, everybody. We're back next week. Thanks for joining us.